sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. For today's podcast episode, this is just an extra bonus episode. It won't be a full episode. Um, I just wanted to do this fun breakdown of one of my favorite fall movies, a movie that just like really speaks to me and I know so many people love, Practical Magic. And it's just like my cozy fall watch. And if you're going to be watching it this weekend, I thought it would be cool to share some behind the scenes, um, behind the scenes knowledge and facts and, and fun things that I found out while researching this film. And it's also the 25th anniversary of the movie. So let's dive in to the magical world of practical magic. So the book was written by Alice Hoffman, and she also has kind of this series um, that she's now written based off of the original film, Practical Magic. So she has two prequels, and then she has um, a sequel as well, and just, you know, really acclaimed author and I just really love all of these insights from her writing the the novel in the first place. Um, and here's something that she said, which was really cool that I found. So she says, when the book came out and the film came out, really there wasn't such an openness to magic, especially women in their respective roles. So it wasn't considered literature. People heard that we weren't as welcoming as they, um, as they might be. So at the time it wasn't as like, and I think that's why over time it just really developed this like cult fandom and people really loving it because there's this more of this acceptance, um, for so long, even the idea of which was so taboo and, and I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before I have this episode of the witch wound and, the witch trials in Croatia, but this, you know, all of the images we have of, of, um, what witches were considered and, um, and for this film, it, and for me, like this film just felt like a fun watch. Like it wasn't something that, it was more about like the relationships and the sisterhood and the female friendships and the community that was the underlying theme of just, you know, 
women in generations and their connection and all of that and finding magic in your everyday, even the name practical magic. How do you find magic in your everyday? And I think even one of um, Sandra Bullock's lines in the film was that there is no evil in the craft or they don't see it as something that's connected to um, just negative forces. And I think it's just how you approach it and how you find the everyday magic in your own life. So I thought that was really interesting that at the time still there wasn't this like warm reception to this film, but it definitely just expanded over time. And also people saw it later. I mean, I see it as like a form of entertainment too. It's just like, you know, it's very innocent and just, there's so many more things about the film that make it so incredible to me than the fact that it's about witches. Like I don't even think of it in that way. Um, and then she also talks about her writing process for, for the book. And she says, practical magic is different than any other book because I had the title before I had the book. I didn't know what the book was about. I just had the title magic and I was a big fan of the kid of magic books. It's usually a struggle and I have to make outlines and plot it out. And, but it just kind of like the characters walked in after me with this. They just came in and they just kind of presented themselves and I followed them. So I hope it happens again someday. And that's what the author uh, wrote in this article. So I think that's really cool. I think that also relates to if you've read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. (laughs) Um, Funny that the word magic is in there as well. This idea of like ideas just coming to us. And as a writer myself, as a creative I know this feeling all too well where just like an idea comes through and you don't know where it comes from, but you're just following that idea and it just like, you know, gets revealed to you over time. Um, I think that's such a magical element to this. And it also feels like a big part of the making of this film was just all those little elements perfectly coming together at the right time. And that's what makes some films like so incredible when all of those pieces come together and you're like I don't know how this happened but this is the perfect casting or this is the perfect location and it's just like this beautiful recipe that has just come together and it really feels like it's magically guided or it's like you know there's something else that's propelling it forward so I thought that was a really cool part that she talked about because I can see that with the film as well And I'll get into how that kind of goes along with things that happened in the making of the film that really felt like in some way that it was destined and it had to be these actors and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, so in Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic, it's the idea that um, ideas are real things and they, and they drop in and I can really relate to that as, you know, the script that I just finished writing was an idea that came to me while I was out for a run. So I was just out for a run um, in a town I used to live in. And it was like all these like Victorian houses and farmland around. And I don't know, I was just whatever podcast I was listening to or music at the time. And um, an idea just came through. And I remember running home, like so excited to just 
jot down all of these ideas that I had for it and it just like all came out of me like the whole treatment came out and everything was just there so I think that was really really cool um, another thing she says is that it really came more easily than usual and the people that she was working with at the time wanted to change everything so that was wild to hear that she was working with somebody in the writing process or maybe an editor and they want to change anything and they especially wanted to cut the last sentence that's always quoted and this is like a big line in the film um, and the line is there are some things after all that Sally Owens knows for certain always throw spilled salt over your left shoulder keep rosemary by your garden gate add pepper to your mashed potatoes plant roses and lavender for luck fall in love whenever you can and that is like I mean I think it's like a shortened version but in the film that is like the iconic line and you can't think of this film without thinking of that line especially like plant roses and lavender for luck fall in love whenever you can so the fact that somebody wanted to take that out and it just kind of would ruin the magic of it and she stuck to her vision and you know went a different route and just went forward and I think that's another element of like sticking to your vision your your mission for what you're creating and not allowing outside voices to distract you from what you are creating at the heart of practical magic are the relationships between generations of powerful mystical women and there's endless proof that these connections strike a chord for so many people and that couldn't be more true like I was saying like even beyond the whole magical part because I find that as like just like a fun element to watch um this idea of mystical women and women in their power and women connected to energy and women that are like supporting each other in community and women having like um just significant roles in society and another part is like they are kind of the outcasts of their town this is especially like exemplified in um sally and jillian owens and sally definitely stays in the town so she feels it the most and she wants to be the most kind of just accepted by the town jillian doesn't care as much because she went off and just had all her adventures and traveled all over so it's this idea of like you know being the outcast because maybe you see life in a different way maybe you see the magic maybe there's like something in you that um just feels not as accepted because your ideas are maybe a little bit out there um I always think of that in terms of being a 5-1 in human design the heretic energy knowing these things having this like you know more magical look at the world and connection and thinking like oh yeah like even as a 5-1 I had that I have that projection field and it can be misunderstood you can go through life and people like look at you as um you know going to save the day and you can't do that for everybody and that creates tension and creates this like outcast um energy and that has happened in you know centuries for um, women in different ways and there's just all of these like different through lines and 
But even at the end of the film and at the end of the book, it's like they're now accepted into um, society. They have broken the curse and just this beautiful moment of unity. And I think that's really cool. And it shows the power that they have at that moment as women being respected. Um, and they they jump off the roof and everyone's there in town. And it's this like big moment and she has love again and like it's just it's really cool so um I just love that there's so much emphasis on this and really at the time of the making of the film there wasn't a lot of films that had those relationships and I know that even Nicole Kidman said that she was so intrigued to be in this film where it's really a love story between these sisters um where she hasn't experienced that before and I think it was just I think that's why it really resonates with so many women and we just gravitate towards watching it every fall and feeling like oh yeah we have our like our you know sisters in our lives or our community or our girlfriends and like this loving energy of women like rising together and being there for each other and um just spreading love and being the light and all of this beautiful thing so now I want to get into kind of my favorite part of this film, the thing that just like brings me back all the time. Um, I mean, there's so many amazing like qualities and moments in the movie. There's iconic moments. There's I can watch it over and over and over again, and I'll never get tired of watching this film. And that's just such a true testament to the filmmaking of this movie. And I think there's a couple ingredients that really make that. And as somebody in the film world, um, I know that that is such a special, unique thing. And it comes down to the dedication, the love of what you're doing, the attention to detail, um, the idea of like getting it just right and making sure there's like a bigger mission and bigger vision for the film as opposed to just like making something that's going to generate income and I think that you can really see that here so let's get into the design the design of the film um I think the production designer just totally did an incredible job of creating the these iconic sets and especially the house for this movie and um, here's a little fun fact that I found out is that the they asked all the shops in town, so you see all the like town scenes, um, if they could paint the exterior of the shops white. So everything in the town had this like cohesive, very coastal, like I think of like coastal grandmother vibes, everything like a Nancy Myers movie, like everything was just like quaint and painted white and even um sally owen's shop was painted white and everything in there is creamy white and it's just really funny that they it's just crazy that the whole town was like yeah okay we're gonna we're gonna paint all the outside of our stores (laughs) for you um the house was built the exterior of the house. The house was actually a shell. It does not exist, which is so sad because I know everybody wants to go visit the house. Um, it's such a cool, like, folk Victorian with this tower. 
amazing porch, just gorgeous, gorgeous, incredible Victorian house. And the exterior of this house was built on San Juan Island in Washington. And the town was filmed in Coopville, Washington, even though this movie takes place in the New England area. So the interior scenes of the house were filmed on a sound stage, but these exterior scenes were filmed on these islands. So the house, um, I mean, the details of what they put into the design of this house just like truly shocked me. Um, so they, another thing is that, okay, so let's get into the design of the house first. Okay. So in the movie, the Owens family lived on Maria's Island for generations. So this is part of the story of the movie. The quaint town off of the Massachusetts coast was presumably named after their ancestor, Maria, who was banished to the island for being a witch. Even after many years had passed, the stigma surrounding the Owens women, not to mention the family curse, remained. The family estate, an enchanted seaside Victorian, is the primary setting throughout the film. So set designers... Um, used a okay this is the oh yeah so set designers used a dutch door leading down the steps to the back garden uh immediately off the kitchen is a greenhouse this greenhouse is probably one of my favorite things that they created inside this um this house and all the interior scenes were filmed in on a soundstage but just the detail and just how gorgeous it was is my favorite thing to look at. Um, the space feels whimsical with the an array of plants, glass vessels on the wood bench, and vines growing up the walls. In addition to the greenhouse, the estate has a vegetable garden surrounded by a white picket fence. So those are some of the details. Even in the kitchen, there's like a farm sink and open shelving. Everything is like symmetrical and the kitchen leads to the greenhouse that's like attached to the kitchen. And then there's like this beautiful staircase that you can also see. Everything just feels so incredibly magical in this space and it's fun to watch and there was like no detail spared and also... I love that the production designer and the whole team created it so that it looked lived in. It didn't look like everything was like brand new. Like, and even though they built everything, everything was created from scratch, even the exterior, um, even everything outside on the exterior, exterior because they were on this part of the San Juan Island, which was this Native American land, they could not actually build into the soil so everything had to be like on top they even like constructed trees and flowers and like every but everything felt and looked so real and had that lived in quality and it just is amazing what they were able to do and create um so it was called an architectural shell that contained only the parts that would be seen on camera. The inside was empty, so this is the exterior of the house. All of the mansion's interiors were constructed in a studio, and 
the production crew found a bare piece of land that was perfect for the location. So this is when, this is what I was saying, that they had to like build everything on top of the land. And then as soon as production was finished, they had to take it all down as if they were never there. Which is kind of incredible to think of like just the effort and the detail and the amazing just craftsmanship that was put into it but with that like lived in feeling um one of my favorite scenes of course is the midnight margarita scene and in this scene you can really see the kitchen and really see like um the greenhouse off to the side and the table where they kind of like pass the bottle around and it just feels like this witchy victorian house where you're hanging out having the best time, listening to music, drinking midnight margaritas. Um, You're right beside, like, the ocean on this cliff. Like, it's just incredible. So another detail is that um, Barbara Streisand really loved this house and wanted to purchase it, (laughs) but um, found out that it wasn't real, which is really funny. Um, so yeah, any, any, any other details about the design? I just loved how cohesive everything was and thought out even like the exterior of the house with the white picket fence and the, um, white, like wrought ironed table and chairs that are outside during the breakfast scene with the pancakes. Um, and then you have like the pergola and all the roses and the roses tying into um like the whole like you know trying to bring this evil man back from the dead scene and then you have like the exterior painted white which matched everything in the town and Sally's shop like everything like perfectly went together but it was not too perfect that it would be strange and there was just like people just love this movie for the design aesthetic and that's why when I think about film and my desires of creating in film and and wanting to become or like working in film is that the attention to detail and being so specific with your vision always has like a payoff right so it's like all of these things were so thought out um I even think of like the Barbie movie as an example of that and how much they were into the detail of the aesthetics because when you're watching a movie, it's like you want to be transported to that place. And I mean, there's so many things about this film that really make you want to be living in that place, like the dreamy nature of it. Um, Even though their family was banished to the island, it's just like they made magic out of it and they created beauty out of it and I think that's really special so if you love the design of this film then you would definitely love my um harvest moon uh, meditation on the podcast because I basically infused elements of what the Owens house looks like and feels like in the harvest moon meditation so if you want to go do that um, and feel like you're kind of a part of this film, then I would check that out. So let's get into the characters a little bit. Um, so Sandra Bullock 
playing Sally Owens, Nicole Kidman playing Jillian Owens, Sisters and Witches and Outcasts. I think they were perfectly cast for the role. Uh, Sandra Bullock was super passionate about this project. And it's interesting that, you know, she even talks about how when she found this project, um, she was really interested in doing more like independent, less blockbuster kind of films because she was just in Speed 2 and that was a big flop. So then after that, she did Hope Floats and then she did Practical Magic. So she was super passionate about it wanting to do this in a different direction for her career and I think it 100% was the best casting she was just uh, embodied Sally Owens to a T and it was amazing and she was really involved in kind of like the producing of this film as well I don't know if she was credited credited as a producer but she was the one that thought of Nicole Kidman even though she never met Nicole Kidman up until that point but just something kind of like this spark of an idea and that's how Nicole Kidman came to be playing Jillian which also was so perfectly cast and at the time even um, the director Griffin Dunn was saying how like Nicole didn't really have any roles like this before where she was like more wild and kind of this partier and fun and free and funny and it was just such a departure from what people have seen Nicole in at that time um yeah and like Jillian was more of like the fun free vibrant love crazy and brings this like spirited vibe to the character where Sally was like um just more introverted and humbled and the more skilled witch if you want to say but um didn't want to use her gifts because uh you know losing her husband at the beginning of the film and because of the curse and all that stuff and she kind of shut it down and she's trying to have a normal life um okay so another amazing character was jimmy angelove played by goran vishnich which this is so cool. I love this part that like uh, a Croatian actor was in such an iconic movie and also one of my favorite films. And he was like this described as this like Transylvania cowboy, a mix of like Eastern Euro mystery with like a Texas cowboy flair, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, obviously, I love him and this role, and it was incredible to learn that the director, Griffin Dunn, was excited and intrigued to bring a Croatian to this character instead of just being, like, a guy from Texas, and which I think it was originally written as. And commenting on how, like, Eastern Europe being, like, the birthplace of, like, mystical things and magic and just really was thought like oh this is this is such a cool unique you know take on this role of bringing this Croatian in and this Eastern European like bringing that flavor mixed with this cowboy vibe that he portrays and he does an incredible job at it um I think this was one of his first American films so it's just really cool I love that 
unique tidbit and that connection for me because obviously I'm Croatian, so I love it. Uh, Gary Hallett, the investigator sheriff from Arizona, played by Aiden Quinn, and he really brought this integrity and honesty and his ability as an actor to portray that even in his silent moments was so amazing. And what I love is that the director talked about how to bring a character like a love interest in halfway through the film is a really difficult thing to do because you won't you want to like build it up from the beginning so they needed to find an actor who could really um just give that yeah that strength integrity that kindness um right off the bat it's like you root for him right away and i think also the through line was the magical element of knowing that she, Sally Owens, when she was a little girl, wrote a spell to for her love at the beginning of the film. So we see that. And she was trying to create a man that didn't exist. And then you find out that he does exist. And I think without that story element, it would have been really difficult to bring in... Um. Gary Hallett in the middle of the film and have him be the the ending love interest of the film so I think that's really cool and just a testament to the writing quality of this film and this story um and then the the aunts which I love them so much Stockard Channing as Frances Owens um and Diane West as Bridget or Jet Owens they're amazing together, incredible actors, uh, unbelievable to watch. All of their moments, just, they are just such standouts. I mean, all everyone in the cast was just incredible in their own ways. But once again, perfect casting. And um, each brought their own flavor to what the, what the ants were. And you just kind of like wanted to hang out with them and be them. And they're... Even in the story, even in the beginning, it's like, you know, they say, we have chocolate for breakfast. It's like they're the fun ants that aren't really like the typical authority figures. And I think that's such a whimsical element throughout the whole film that once again portrays this family in such a different way than what we're used to because they are different. They are more magical. They are, you know, unconventional in so many ways. And they embrace that instead of feeling like they needed to be in a specific box. So I think the ants really represent that of being the, just these unconventional figures, but like totally loving it and embracing it. Um, Even Jet, when they're like walking through the town, she'll always like try to say hi to everyone in town and just like knowing that they all are scared of them, but she doesn't care because she's just, you know, still her and it's just this idea of like really loving yourself and living the way that feels like you know truthful for you and um, bringing that out and making life fun and more magical which I think is great okay so the costume design as a costume designer myself I just totally appreciated the the detail and um the iconic 90s looks that are in practical magic 
and the thoughtfulness of it. There's so many different ways I think they could have gone with the costumes, but this was the right way for the time period, for the story. Um, and I think they really nailed it. Um, so for Sally, uh, Makovsky, the costume designer, figured that she would be the most like understated since she wants to be a normal person and fit in with the other townspeople. So this is why the costume designer points out that she's the only one that wears jeans. And you see this kind of like towards the end of the film where she's in the jeans and like the crocheted white tank top. Um, I think there's other, maybe there's other moments where she wears like jean shorts and you don't see that really from the other characters. So I think that's really cool that they even thought about that idea of she's really the only one in jeans. And do you see that throughout all her understated looks that are really trying to be more like the people in town. Um, but it still had that kind of like a hint of a witch aesthetic. Um, and you see that with like the long skirts and more so in the end of the film, there's this moment where uh, Sally is wearing this like beautiful rose lacy dress, very like 90s, but very like 90s witch vibes. <laughs> so... She's kind of like coming more into accepting it. Um, and then for Jillian, like a lot of a little like edgier, um, edgier 90s aesthetic. And Nicole Kidman had a very distinct idea, um, mostly about her hair, that she wanted to look like Stevie Nicks and Marianne Faithful. And um, that's why Jillian has the fringe hairstyle and she's a bit of like a bad girl likes to party but she still comes from a family of women who garden and do potions so keeping that with sort of like the Stevie Nicks thing and a little bit of hippie nod that was more her character so we see her in like the green velvet slip dress that was like made from you know fabrics and kind of reconstructed from this other dress that they found and just, um, I think that was like a really iconic dress for her and some of her other like spaghetti strap like dresses. And then she also in one scene wears like a long skirt and so does Sally. Um, yeah, so there's, and then like when she's by the pool and dancing, it's like darker tones and like a little wrap and a like sexy bathing suit type of thing and yeah so she's just like and she wears like the tiger's eye necklace and so she's more of like that kind of stevie next vibe and then for the aunts it was more about like vintage victorian look there's almost like this timeless element to them you're like are they in this time period or are they just like you know preserved in time and francis was always wearing like darker tones she was like more of a statement with her big sun hats and then jet had the lighter tones and more classic styles um they would always wear ornate jewelry oversized hats kimonos long layered dresses and the vintage vibe and then uh basically there's been this like resurgence of their style and it's called coastal grandma um coastal weird aunt so a spinoff of the Coastal Grandmother style, but Coastal Weird Aunt is uh, Francis and Jet. 
which is really fun. All right. So um, a couple other fun things about the film before I end my whole wrap up and my favorite scenes in the film is that um, the original composer was cut at the very last minute after creating this whole like composed film. And then they brought in Alan Silvestri to do to compose a whole new score. And it's because um, Warner Brothers just wanted something different. And it was like right at the last minute. So I have no idea what kind of music that was. But I do know that I love um, the music in this film. So I think whatever they ended up with was probably the right the right call. The whole town was invited to dress up and be extras in the final scene of the film, which is really cool. Um, and what else? Um, okay, so here are some of my favorite ideas and messages from the film. So it's a movie about how messy life can get and how your own inner power, love, and connection to others can save you. And here are some quotes that are just standouts for me that I love from the film. There are some things I know for certain. Always throw spilled salt over your left shoulder. Keep rosemary by your garden gate. Plant lavender for luck and fall in love whenever you can. And that is the iconic movie line from the film. Um, Another one is when Sally and Detective Hallett are in the greenhouse I really love this scene. I think it's such a beautiful scene and just speaks to the magic that's all like within us. And Sally says, your badge, it's just a star, just another symbol, your talisman. It can't stop criminals in their tracks, can it? It has power because you believe it does. Wish you can believe in me too. I think that's such a cool moment and thing for her to say, like they're in this greenhouse where they make the potions and all the magic and it's almost like all of these talisman are around them and she takes out his sheriff's badge with the star and basically saying like this is just a symbol but you believe in it so it 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 like has the power because you believe in it and I think that's just such a testament to what this whole movie is about of like the power that we have within us um the just like the the energy and the belief that we put towards something and how much that can really just create that magic in our lives. So a couple other of my like favorite scenes. I mean, I watched this film last night just to review as I was going through these fun details um, and things that you might not have heard of about the film. Oh, another thing was that apparently this film was like cursed by a real witch that they were consulting with, but nothing really happened. And then she like asked for more money (laughs) or she was going to like curse the whole production, Um, which I think is really funny that that was a part of it. Um, But uh, yeah, some of my favorite scenes and moments, um, the one that always like gets me going is when Sally is with. Uh, Detective Hallett and she's basically saying that um, you know I don't know if you're going to stay because of this spell or because like I don't want to go to prison and like and then he says you know I wished for you too 
and you know curses only have power if you believe in them and then going back to that whole like idea of like what we believe is is what we create and then it's just such a beautiful heartbreaking moment because she's like I don't know if this guy loves me because of the spell or because of something else and he doesn't know either and you know and then she also knows that like there is this like curse and it just brings you back to the humanity in that moment even though they are mystical and you know the idea of practical magic is everyone has magic and it's what do we you know how do we find it in our daily lives obviously the midnight margarita scene one of the most iconic the funnest scene of the movie everyone (laughs) pretty much all the actors actually got drunk during that the making of that scene which I think is so cool um that's how I would do it because if you want to have you want to have like actors be drunk then give them some drinks (laughs) if you can um yeah um there's so many there's so many cool moments um anytime they're in the greenhouse I love just when the ants come back and uh oh yeah they come back from like the full moon festival and the kids were like we you know dance naked under the moonlight and that was really fun um yeah it was also sweet when the ants put the spell on sally in order for her to like get together with her you know husband before he died and then that whole sequence with the song um the faith hill song when she's like running down the street and then she kisses him it's just such a fun moment in the film and then the other another really cool moment was um the phone tree day where um jillian is back and she basically like makes it so that sally is at the top of the phone tree yeah there's just so many moments i just love them all um okay yeah so that's everything about um why i love this movie so much why i think it's such a classic fun details about the making of this movie so i hope you do check it out before halloween it's always this like time of year that's the perfect time to watch this movie and it just reminds us of the magic we can find every day and yeah i hope you have a beautiful weekend um i will have a full moon meditation for you this weekend it's a big one so i hope you're ready Um, yeah, I hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are.